You're listening to the Pursuing Alpha podcast, hosted by Charles Brandon Snyder. Kelly Staggs, man, I appreciate you coming on. So yeah. this is really going to be a whole lot of fun, and I'm excited because we go back a ways. Yes. I, I mean, a ways, ways. So I, I started ca- calculating this in my head. I think we're 28 years. Oh, man. You make me feel the, old now. <laughs> I know. The great beard between the two of us, man, <laughs> and, and the lack of hair on the other side of it, I think we're yep. we're, we're starting to show a little bit of age. You're a little bit, you know, you still can come across a little bit younger than I can. But, oh, uh, man. Uh, it's it's been a long time going yeah. all the way back to high school yep that's fresh like, eighth grade or freshman year freshman year okay yep just thinking of that yeah freshman year inside there so take a few seconds man i think it's great i really am stoked to have a conversation with you because you're the first multi-generational business that yeah. i've ever had on the on the firm okay uh, yeah so you know you and your dad's been in business for how long now it's gonna be him is almost going on 50 years that's that he's crazy. been here in Lubbock. And, of course, I've worked with him my whole life. But but out know, of college, because you, gradu- you graduated from tech, though, right? Yep, from tech, 2005. So that's usually when I say I started my career. Yeah. You know, it was about that point. And, you know, you know, the, I worked for you when we were in high school <laughs> together. <laughs> so. Well, we could talk about it, but there's only been one other time that I did not work for my dad. Really? Yep. I don't know. You want me to yeah, you want to talk about me, it now? I, I want to hear the, about it. The this. only other time I didn't work for my dad is when I went to work for you. Oh, when we went up to, uh, yeah, for my yep. dad's print company and yep. we wrapped that. What was We're, it? We were supposed to do like hundreds of semis. Mm-hmm. And they, we, y'all went and did some. I didn't get to go the first go around. And, and, but you went to Notre Dame with this, right? I, see, I can't remember exactly. Because we went toward the Notre Dame campus. And it was up yeah. in that area. And we drove up there. And that was the hardest three days or two days. It was just yeah. two days, wasn't it? Yeah, because they were supposed to send those trucks to us. That's right. And they switched it. And then they, the whole thing, something happened. They, it was Circus LA. And it was their, I think their tour got canceled. It was, one yeah, of, it was yeah. the tour that, I can't remember who it was. I think it's a Scottish or something like that, Singers. It was amazing. We had to yeah. meet them for like five minutes. They wanted us <laughs> to have dinner. But we literally started working at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't finish until like 11 o'clock that night. Yeah. And it was five guys or four guys wrapping all these semis. You know, my dad owns a print company, or he did own a print company. Yep. And it, it was that was an interesting time. That It was. That's funny, though. That's the only time you that, didn't. That's the only time I didn't work for my dad. And you could say you actually wrapped graphics on a semi yeah and we did a lot of buses too yeah while we were waiting for that yeah the city bus that was coming through we, that's how we got our practice <laughs> i remember that that vaguely remember that but that's nuts so well that was, what was crazy then my dad he was landscaping a home depot the other one here in town and was behind they were pushing him you know story of the lifetime it's hard to find help mm-hmm calls me i was like man can you you grab some buddies come help us finish this lay the sod do all that stuff and so we went back and helped them do that job and then i had been with them ever since that's funny so never never did anything else after that (laughs) he sucked me back in (laughs) that's how dads do it yeah my dad did the same thing uh so hey tell us what what is it like uh, what is your family do what business are you in so me personally i'm a licensed irrigator so i do all the irrigation design, install, repair, and stuff. So that's my side of it. But our company is called Landscapes of Lubbock. My dad started it. He does all the landscaping stuff. So he does the design. You know, it's design build is mainly what we do. But we also do maintenance as well. And so that's what he he went to tech, got an architecture license, oh, and really? worked in the architecture firm for like two years. And did some pretty good projects, but they were going to move, and he didn't want to move, and he was tired of being in the office because he's farm boy at heart type of thing. Sure. So he he was already doing some landscaping on the side, and then at that point decided just to go out and do it. And, I mean, he— What year was that? You oh, man, he— he established in 1976. Okay, so that I was thinking so of, 75, 76, somewhere in there. So mid 70s. So yeah, it's been solid 50 years inside there. Oh yeah, I mean he started just with a shovel. I mean like like a lot of guys even start now. He bought, went and bought a shovel and he would roll trees out of the back of his car. He'd just dig a hole, back his truck up to the hole, and just 
roll Throw it the out. tree and get going, right? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. No equipment, no nothing. I mean. Has it changed a lot over the years? I, no, we still roll trees out of the truck. No. <laughs> <laughs> the equipment now is getting kind of cool, though. Oh, no. We've, we've definitely got some good stuff. You know, of course, you know, the old man, he still wants to do things the hard way, and we keep telling him. We've got $150,000 worth of stuff here on the job you know it's equipment it's steers and everything else you no, can probably imagine we're, we're still gonna just use a shovel but no. <laughs> i worked no. for you a little bit and, and made that trench deal with that little spade shovel that's about this long and you got to clean it out before you lay the irrigation down yeah i did that for a summer or two and that was that was brutal yeah you yeah. get a nice little tan when you do it though oh yeah yeah that's crazy so yeah. I, you know this is going to be one of those conversations because i think it's multifaceted for the simple fact that from a business standpoint, now you got to look at it from a whole lot of different because you got two sisters, right? Mm -hmm. You're the only one in the business. So there's a session planning that has to happen sometime inside of there. So that's, oh, yeah. A, yeah, right. On top of that, it's like the family dynamic on how to work is really a tough, tough thing to do. Yes. Me and dad did it and we butted heads many times. <laughs> I think me and you had conversations about, you know, butting heads with dads when, in business because mm -hmm. just like said, you got to, you know, want to do it your way instead of doing it this we think it's the smarter way. It's not like they haven't yeah. been around the block or not, but I digress. So what do you think is the hardest challenge that you have inside of business? Uh, in our, you know, ours is a service-based business. I mean, we, it's, like I said, it's a design build. So somebody says they want a yard or, or if it's a big commercial project or something like that, that we may get to do some of the design sometimes that we're just doing the build part of it, but it's finding help finding good qualified guys and then keeping them and it might be even the harder part is keeping a guy because right. it's i think in the landscape industry it's t i think it's too easy in irrigation as well but it's too easy for a guy just to start his own so why do i want to work for you and i can go buy a shovel at home depot the barrier call, to entry call is a couple, too easy yes call a couple people and i'm off and running sure and now there's there's a lot big gap between that guy and where we are now. The uh, but experience, the culture, the branding, everything y'all have, the reputation that you have. Because mm -hmm. we talked about there was another brand that tried to kind of lean on y'all's name a little bit. Yep, he's still around. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and it's it's uh, it was funny because we drove by a sign and my son asked me, he was like, "Hey, that that company sounds like ours," and I was like, "Yes, they." Ours is landscapes, and now I say it like this: landscapes of Lubbock, mm. and then we're but we're incorporated as Stags, and so we have everywhere we have you know accounts and all that. It's all Stags because there's been so much confusion between someone else because they just took the of out, and so that's a whole nother conversation thing. there. But you know, so we're in competition, but we do a lot of commercial stuff, and so I don't think he does any commercial. It's the I'm more the higher sure. end because that's commercial is a lot more. It's a lot harder to get into the commercial because there's no mistakes there. You have a budget. You got to fit in that budget. And in mm -hmm. residential, it's a little more, I would think, a little more leeway inside of the way you, you think through it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, insurance is a thing, mm -hmm. you know, so you've got to carry more insurance. And then, of course, then you need more people to get it done. You, Your you, overhead's a lot higher. Your overhead. I mean, you can, we own all of our equipment. You can rent all this stuff. But try to fit that in your budget, you know, on top of getting the job and all that. It's it's just hard to do it that way, I think. But so let me let me ask you this because th this is going into uh, and we haven't dove into this with a lot of business owners. And I bring this up for a specific reason. So I'm gonna kind of treat you like a guinea pig to a certain d degree. Is we <laughs> have been waiting and working on this for two years. And so we have a CFP in our office, Gustavo. He's amazing. He's been with me a little over a year, uh, came straight from tech, and guy's just brilliant. And then we have CFAs, which is Marco, which are our certified financial analysts. These guys are okay. just analyze the market. And then we have Dr. Starr, which is our chief economist, which came from LCU. So, okay. so we have awesome. a lot of really smart guys around us. We've been extremely blessed. And, and I will tell you, just finding those guys, and I will – 
echo what you say, finding the right people to get on the bus is the hardest thing and then keeping them on the bus, right? So mm-hmm. when they're really good and talented, it's really hard to keep good guys. And so we, we just finished up, like literally 30 minutes ago, finished up our annual plan, and we might dive into the, what annual plan is for us. Um, and we make it a very big point. We were spend, spend almost a week out of the year where we go through of how are we operating as a firm. And uh, the, the trying to drive profitability – Increase profitability and quality of life. Mm. That is the key thing that we we say is just if you can increase profitability and quality of life, then you create an infinite game in the way you play. And if you ever get a chance, Wes Young has a podcast. He just went over this. And the infinite game is where people just don't want to leave. And it, it becomes just an infinite game. But it is the most difficult thing to ever set up. And I, as a business owner, am always complexed and always grinding on the ability to actually improve that infinite game where it's mm. just a place, a destination. It's never a destination, hey, you have arrived here, but it's more like the journey is just as much as fun as the destination. And you almost just don't want to have the destination anymore. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately that's what people want it is you know it's hard to understand that but even your your lowest guy on the totem pole wants to know that there's something there that he can move up to mm. and creating that is yeah it, it's tough and we we don't we don't necessarily do a good job at that you know that's definitely an improvement that we need to do so. there's a lot of stuff from a planning standpoint that i've learned and again just being around wes is incredible i, I bet he's you know one of the top guys in the country at what he does uh, we have completely different practices. But what I'm getting into on the guinea pig side of it is we we are in the process of creating something called advisorist. And there is a bridging the gap of a business owner and financial planning and understanding free cash flow and the actual flow of money through a business into the owners. There, we've looked at over probably 40 or 50 different financial softwares. And we use, we have a stack of what we've, tech stack in the firm right now over over 42 technologies and subscriptions that we use right now and some of them it's just insane it's my second uh, next to um the employee costs and employee investment i should say it's not a cost right for us employee investment it's the second largest uh, cost to the firm and some of it's just because i'm such a tech geek you know what i'm saying and (laughs) i could probably cut down on a little that but so what i'm trying to do is saying how how do y'all as a business owner really look at going from hey this is where we're at and this is where we want to go and here's the margins that's going to take there here's the risk we we want to get there we call it burn rate free cash flow operating expenses right do y'all get to the granular level in a business where you're looking at it it's going hey this is where we could improve this is where we not and, and understanding how the capital stack of debt even is operating inside your your business putting you on the spot kelly I'm well sorry. i don't want to say that we we don't because we do have those conversations now. We're They're s- just probably not from a technical standpoint of not naming ne- that. Yeah, not necessarily. Because you got to also take in consideration who my boss is and who the ultimate. Who <laughs> we call him, Big Boss. You know, Big Boss. I'm, yeah. I'm Mini Boss. So, <laughs> we should have Lynn on. Yo, yeah, we need to sometime. I think you'd do it. Mm. So you know, th- we go through that kind of stuff, but we are, you know, we're smaller company you know we've mm-hmm. got we range from you know 15 to 20 employees most of the time well that's and not so, too small man well yeah it's more than four or five i yeah. guess but you know those conversations that we we have them regularly and then you know the hardest part is then okay we want to go this direction implementing that is is definitely a hard thing to do so that's what advisor is what we're trying to figure out and we don't know this is one of those things where like i've built softwares i have a patents in a couple of softwares and i've done it you know way back to my dad's print company we we built a and patented to transfer files through the internet back when you were you oh, couldn't wow. you didn't have dropbox you you couldn't transfer gig files instantly you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but now it's i'm trying to understand through just a whole lot of hundreds of clients have sat down with business owners and asked this question is like, if you had to look at one piece of paper, could you tell me here's how the cash flow is moving through the company and I need to do X and here's the track record from economic standpoints to also like the history of the company. Uh, How does that work for y'all? How do y'all internalize that? We were, 
as we call the CPA. <laughs> yeah, a lot of no. it, that, there's truth to that, man. So literally, uh, that there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. So, you know, my my mom, she is the book, bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that basically looks at everything, and so she is constantly in contact with the CPA, and she has a, a good background in that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, of course, my dad's the architect, but he he does know how to keep a business going. But when it comes down to those kind of specific numbers and looking at a sheet and no, yeah, he doesn't want to do that, you know, so we don't do that a lot. <laughs> but you I, know, it's funny you say that. That's how my parents were. Yeah. You know, mom so, was back at the house doing all the accounting side of it, keeping everything mm-hmm. straight and on the books and being in compliant. And dad was out there on the sales side of the house and the operations and made sure everything ran. Yep. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and so many small business owners that operate that way. Oh yeah. She'll, she'll bring the paper and be like, we need to do something about this. Right. You know, and he's, we may do something or not, but you know, I, I did business management at tech. And so I got, I liked the business management side because it was more the people side. Mm -hmm. I liked more of the people stuff, but I had a lot of that financial classes and things too. Yeah. So they'll bring it to me and I can look at it and be like, okay, here's a few things, but then it's very, it's very, I'd say surface minimal type stuff, really diving into it. Uh, yeah, doing forecasting and analysis yeah, and that's, stuff. Yeah, we don't don't look uh, at well, it. And then well, you, but, you so know, it goes I, the old school is like, we need more money. Let's go sell another job. Yeah, so that's what I was fixing <laughs> to ask y'all, right? So because y'all are on, on your model, even though it's service, is really set up on project by project, right? Mm. So you're always going and bidding a project, mm-hmm. kind of like regular construction, right? So you've got to have now you're doing a maintenance side, which is now it's more stability mm-hmm. inside of there, but it's still you're having to generate that growth within the economy, and you know on a remodel, and they're having to do new landscaping or a new mm-hmm. construction project, right? And that how the business is set up. Yes, yep. And so I would say that's. What you're describing is, I would say, 80% of the clients that we work with have that same deal. It's like, I either go work harder to, to generate more money, and then once I generate more money, then I look at expansion and saying, hey, I can hire this guy, or I can do this, or I can take on there or buy this piece of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very reactionary business oh, yeah. model. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And and it's evaluating risk and capital, you know, structures is is one thing that even because i have no background in that when i started 25 years ago and so i did it because mom was an accountant dad ran a business and i was stuck in the middle right <laughs> and, and when you're yeah. not teen and and you're going hey you run a print shop you know I, and i'm going to college and i'm like hey i can go sell this stuff and so i was selling t-shirts the fraternities all that stuff and it really got me into business and sales and all that other stuff and sh- sure enough you fast forward 25 years ago i'm yep. in a finance business <laughs> but it, it it's it bewilders me to understand that i would say 80 percent business owners do it by their hip mm-hmm. yep and they do it by intuition and just it, really trying to hone in on the experience and i think there's a huge Mm. gap of like you said there's a lot of guys that can pick up shovel and start a business right but there's very few people can last through the ups and downs of a business yes and they can squeeze the budget and they can increase the budget they can take risk and they can weather those those times hard times and good times and make sure that they stay humble inside of that i think that's really really great in in what y'all do well and that's what's you know it's we've seen it over the years too there's been i don't know how many guys and a lot of guys still here in town that worked with us, started with us, and then went out and started their own business. And, you know, there's some of them, I see them working for somebody else. They didn't like the business side of it. And there's other guys that have struggled and then kind of figured it out. But, you know, meanwhile, even as hard a time as we give my dad sometimes, he stayed here, stayed steady, and has made it work. So, I mean, he he knows something. (laughs) Yeah. Not to say that we don't need to improve, but. I think everybody can improve. And if you don't approve, then you're dying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so I, I never have that assumption that anybody can improve because the, I really just every business I've ever seen always has that things made. If I improve that one thing, I might be able to get something better out of this. Mm. Right. That infinite gameplay. Right. It's always trying to just make everything today better than yesterday. And I think God made us this way. Right. Yeah. Today better than yesterday and tomorrow better than today. And if you that's hope, that's where hope and faith lies. And so that's sure. really where I truly believe that's 
where on the very basic of what we try to do as a human, whether you're, you're faith-based and I'm, and you're like one of the best Christians I've ever met in my life going all the way back. Don't <laughs> cringe on that. You come on, you know, like I'm sitting here having that a cocktail and I think I've seen you drink maybe once in your entire life, but you're <laughs> started your own church. You've done a lot of stuff, Kelly. That's just been amazing. And, and oh, I've thanks. looked up to you for a very, very long time inside of that. But I'm also saying there's a lot of things that, if you don't have the grit side, mm. you can't survive That's because it's good. never going to be rosy all the time. Yeah, and good you, point. It, and <laughs> I get a couple guys that I've coached over the last couple of years and had conversations with is they think and they see it from, the, oh, you're the business owner, so you get the long vacations and you get the, hey, take it <laughs> off and, you know, you're coming in at 10 and, and you're leaving at 4. Yeah, but you don't see it when I'm working, like, from 6 o'clock until midnight. You know, you just might not see my presence in where you're working, but you're not seeing the yep. stress, the other meetings that we're having with the banks. You're not seeing everything else that mm-hmm. most business owners have to weather and going, ooh. You know, can I make payroll? Because it's no longer, mm-hmm. hey, I got to take care of my family. Now you have to take care of 20 families. Yep. And that makes sense. And so I think that's a lot to be said there. And I think it's also dying a little bit in our culture. And it scares me to mm. a certain degree because everybody now is a TikToker, a podcaster, and owning their own little business. And and I will say it's getting harder and harder to get people to work for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a trend for a long time. I, I saw a stat, and I know I'm rambling on here, but I think it's really important. But I saw a stat that said seven million, like nobody, and world famous economists said, we don't need to pay attention to the employee rate anymore. It's a false, something that we used to pay attention to in World War II. Now, as a firm, we have to pay attention to that, right? Hmm. So, but now the, the thing that a lot of guys are paying attention as economists are paying attention to the working class 24 to 50 and the people that are refusing to go to work that is the biggest hole or gap Mm. and when that increases or decreases you can see expansion or compression inside of the economy and so because a lot of people just are hey i'll just go since covid i'll just work on the government to give me a handout who cares and they just don't go back to work and they're working age people that refuse to go to work. And that's actually becoming a model that we're looking at from a company wide standpoint. But Well, we, we see it because not only do they not want to go back to work, they definitely don't want to come run a shovel, you know, and that's our whole business is running a shovel. And then when you get them out here, they're like, I'm not doing this for, you know, 15, $20 an hour. You, you asked me to sweep this thing or shovel this or clean out a ditch that's 400 feet long and we did it for, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's that's one of the hardest things that we have to face. Do you th- do you see technology coming in and replacing some of this? You know, have you seen the automatic bricklayer deal? Yeah, I've seen some of that stuff. That's, I mean, they're saying it's like amazing, but it only works on like very straight line, very simple yes. stuff. But it, it's going to improve. I mean, yeah. Elon Musk is talking about his robot that's coming out that is in the news this week for hurting somebody. But I'm a big advocate of that technology. Yeah. Do you see it in your business? Some, like... And for us, Ditch Witch came out with a little ride-on mini skid steer is what it is. And when I got one of those, I basically, myself now, I can ditch, put a, and then I take the ditcher off attachment, put a bucket on, grade it out, and I can do all that stuff on that machine. And Half the time? To, yes, just by myself. The rest of the time it was, we had a ditcher, but then and we still clean it out. Now, there's still a lot of handwork that has to be done. But I can do all the grade on that by myself. And we had 10 guys on a, you know, a rake, and now we're scooping up. And so a lot less back break work. Yeah, with that work. machine, you basically can eliminate some people. And then when you get real good at it, you definitely can. I mean, I can go do a lot of stuff. Me and that machine and three shovels, I can pretty much go do a whole job. I mean, it's hmm. so that, that part of the technology, I think, is, and it's getting constantly better. And the machinery that we have. So that that's uh, technology is coming. I've seen it in ag. We do a lot of stuff in ag, and we we had Jeff Miller on, which is an incredible person. I love Jeff, 
and uh, he, he's very what they call precision ag, where they're doing GPS to actually make sure that mm. every single row of yes. every single uh, you know row crop farming is exactly perfect. Mm-hmm. Every seeds accounted for the efficiencies inside of row crop farming. It's amazing, and. I just always ask guys in different industries, how is technology then a change and make it e- better? But is it eliminating jobs? And I think it's going to, but I think there's those tr- jobs. Are you seeing more people get into your industry or are you seeing more people that? Ooh, that's actually a good question because, uh, in, you know, I do most of the irrigation. So that's what I, that industry I know a little bit more about, uh, we have a shortage of licensed irrigators in the state of Texas. Hmm. I mean, that number is going down. And so that's one of the reasons I've, I'm trying to learn now, spend more time teaching this because we need more people that know what I know coming up and learning this stuff. And uh, But then even under technology, the, the brands are coming out with all kinds of newer, newer controllers, uh, you can do more two wire type stuff. And so that's eliminating some of the hassle, you know, just on the material side too. And, but there's still, I mean, it's, it's all work no matter what you do. Yeah. So. Work is work no matter what it is. It's just some, yeah, we, uh, we have a facet where you operate 80% inside, inside the things that you love. That's what we try to achieve. I think it's, it's an ebb and flow thing that some people do it. I don't do it every day, but I, I try to do it. And that's everybody has a working capacity. If you haven't tried working genius or a Kobe, if you haven't done those things, they're very cheap, you know, 20, 40, 50 bucks, you can do a working genius or a Kobe. And so when you look at, it's still work, but you want to try to figure out what work is efficient for you or what you're trying to do. And everybody has like the, 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 like Gustavo, his is, he loves to get to the finish line. He is tenacity is his working genius mine's really it's the vision side of it it's the wonder mm. and the creative yeah I and so that. that's why i like to build companies and that's why i like to do all that but i have to have a lot of smart people around me to get the details done to make sure every little i's dotted and t's crossed and so if you get too many wonders in an, in an office you come up with a lot of stupid ideas that can't get done, right? Right. But yeah. you have a lot of tenacity guys in the office. Everybody's going to get everything done, but you're never going to progress the company forward. So there's all of these different efficiencies that people have and, and that working genius, and it's really, really good, really says you need just a nice blend. And then when you mm. want to evaluate what your working genius is, is where do you want to stay on and that you want to be 80% in there. And you have a working genius, then you have a capacity. Like you have the, hey, I don't, mind doing this i don't love it but i don't mind it i get enjoyment out of it i'm okay with it and then you have the things that you absolutely hate yeah and those things were all said and that this word this theory and i think it's dan look up who ryan for me look up who created working genius um and and the third one is like i can see this when i come home on weeks and I'm like, I spent so much time in that thing that I just don't love doing mm. that I'm just grumpy all the time. And it's just like, hey, I, I'm not getting any enjoyment out of it. And I have to renew my mind and reevaluate the structure of how I'm operating to make sure that I'm work, I'm inside my working genius where I want to be, but I'm still profitable and the quality of life that I'm doing is still enjoyable as well. So it's it's really hard to do it and be efficient well, in it. There's little guys around me that are just insanely good at doing and staying in that lane and not deviating and making sure their team's on there is really good. But Yeah, Patrick Lencioni. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry, it's not Dan, it's Patrick Lencioni. So if you mm. get a chance to do a working genius inside of there, and do it for yourself, man, and have your dad do one. Yeah. So I, I bet your dad's a little bit like me, and because any creative person that is like an architect has to have that wondering, what can I create here? Oh, yeah. Right? But then you also have to have the detail-oriented side of it to make sure that you're all the little... Eyes are dotted, T's are crossed kind of deal. Does he is is he one of the gifted guys? There's very few people are gifted on the wondering side and they have the tenacity. Yeah, I I, I might put him in that. I mean, definitely on the creative side. What about I mean, you? I so I can I'm creative in some certain ways. Dude, you're a great but, musician. Come uh, on now. <laughs> and that's where my where I like to express my most 
my creativity. Uh, when it comes to like irrigation, it's my engineering mind. And so I'm detailed on that. Like there's only one there. Well, there's a lot of ways to do things, but I'm like, okay, this is the way it needs to be. And then intricately put it all together, design, put it together, all that kind of stuff. That, that detailed part of me comes out in that area, I guess. But uh, he's, I mean, he, there, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that can do it, but he can walk up to a place. It's just dirt. And he's like, oh, you know, it look good right here. Let's do a bed right here. It's true. And then, and then we're going to go do this. And he gets excited about it. And then, you know, sure enough, then we're going to go get the stuff. And he'll be out there working harder than anybody else building this thing. He and has creating. passion for it. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And then he's like, well, what would you do? And I'm like, I don't know. Just put it, put it something there and I'll plan it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not your working genius on that no, side. No, <laughs> no, not on Especially when it comes to landscaping, that's what he's like, oh, you can learn it. I'm like, well, yeah, I've learned a few plants, but all of my jobs would look exactly the same. It would be the same plant material, the same straight line, you know, and right. he, he doesn't work like that. I mean, he is a curve type person that he can just – create art through oh, what he yeah, does. Yes. But that's why I'll, irrigation did good for me because it is more straight lined and it's the, you know, I like to say the engineering part of it. And so he's like, what can we do to make this place look good? And he'll come up with that. And then I'm like, he'll look at me. He's like, how are we going to water it? Cause I've always been the water boy anyway. So <laughs> from when I, when I was a kid. So then now I'm like, well, let's design <laughs> a irrigation system. That's going to water this thing, you know, and that's where, you know, some you, of that comes in. Those two things meet together where mm -hmm. you're like, hey, this is cool. Now I can get to my side of it where I feel comfortable with and I can yep. get creative on your side. That's what they So where do you where do you want to go? Where do you see? I always ask this to a lot of people, too. And I love this question is where do you see yourself in the future in business? Oh, man. You know, I, I would love to say, oh, I'm sitting on a beach somewhere <laughs> just making money. But no, that ain't happening. Uh because the thing is, you know, even like my dad, he this he's doing what he wants to do, and he's comfortable here, and that's one thing. But he's working, and that's what he wants to be out here doing this kind of stuff. Uh, and I want to help my dad. That's one of the things that got me back into it. Like we were talking about, mm -hmm. he called me to get my help back, and so I went to help him, and that's where I've been. Uh, and then we've I've learned a lot of things and and helped build a career and made a career out of it. But I think what I've gotten into more now is the, and I'm still trying is the teaching side of it. I've noticed that. And so I would love to get into doing more continuing education for irrigators, uh, creating some courses that brings new irrigators on uh, and really reaching out to let's, let's build this industry back up with good people who have good knowledge and they can go do the work again. Uh, that's where I, the direction I would like to go. So plug your little, uh, no, I don't want to say little, it's bigger than mine, I think at this point, but, uh, and I didn't mean to say little, but <laughs> it's a, it's a, plug your podcast. Is it a full on podcast? It's more of a video. Like you're on the go gunning it, like yeah. at, a, at a project or at a event to where at a deal where you're like, Hey, I've ran into this problem and you're kind of teaching that way you solve the problems inside of it. So what's, what's the name of it? So it's uh, American irrigator is what I called it. And so like right now it's, yeah, if I'm doing something, I'm like, this may make a good video. Somebody somewhere may like to know how to do this thing. Mm. And so what I I'm, watch it all the time. What I'm <laughs> just cause I get to yeah. laugh. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> get a good laugh. Go, go check out the YouTube videos. No, yeah, I just laugh cause channel, it's but. like, Kelly's up there. It's just 25, 30 years together. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so great. right now, that's, you know, what I've done is just, you know, on the, you know, I'm using my phone. And so it's like, here's something uh, that somebody may need to know how to do this. And so I'll shoot it as best as I can and show it. But I think it. the content's amazing inside of it. I think the shooting's amazing inside of there, too. And I think you, you've got really, we were talking about this before we went live, that, where you are today and where you, where oh, you yeah. become is just not day in the yeah and and you figured out how to communicate better you figure out how to do, I mean it's an art isn't it, and it, it's, it some, is. it's a learned trait it's not just given and so but it's American Irrigator you're on YouTube yes yeah and and that's you need to do a master class then dude I do I've got three or four 
that I've put together. I just need to make the next step. Which and is? that's like create it, produce it, put it out there. And that's the whole thing, even even like a podcast, it's YouTube, whatever it is, you have to at some point put it out there. You know, Th- it's that hard. And, and devote scary. the time to it. <laughs> Well, it's yes. hard that devote the time to it, but I would say even what's even harder than actually putting it out there. I don't, I don't, I don't want to degrade that. I think it's extremely hard to expose yourself and take that risk. But it's really figuring out all the back end. And me and it, Ryan have spent thousands of hours of figuring out how yes. to get it out there because in in it, you know, mainstream media, MSM, compared to just viral content now is so overdone mm. and and there's so much content like i literally go i would not go back to college unless you're going back for some type of technical thing you can learn almost everything from youtube or some type of master class there's some stupidly talented very good people out mm-hmm. there you've been one of them in, in your own field and you're like hey i've been doing this for 20 years i gotta know a thing you're through to. yeah right and so and you just want to kind of pass that along so I give you props on there. I hope you create the master class. I really, I definitely will help you promote that as possible inside of there. Switching gears from business. Are, are you going to continue the business then? Or are you going to switch gears off of it? Or a combination of both? Uh, probably a combination of both. So that's where we're kind of in an interesting part in our business is my dad's getting older, mm-hmm. 71 years old, still probably outworks all of us. and But he's realizing that I can't quite do it like I used to could. And so we're trying to move to where something that's a little bit more manageable where we're not we're not going to go after big apartment complexes and stuff like that anymore. So we've scaled down and of course COVID helped do some of that anyway naturally, but we've scaled back to where we're not taking on big big projects anymore. And so we're you're being a niche where you only take the projects on that you think you can oh, yeah, and, that's, and it, you're comfortable mm-hmm. doing and you enjoy it. Yeah, and so we, we've done here lately, it's been like a lot of Starbucks, uh, Chipotle's, and some smaller commercial jobs that you can go in. You, you spend maybe a few weeks at it. You get them done pretty fast, and they're still good money-making jobs. Um, so we're doing more of that and slowing down that way. And so, so I what think you're it, telling me, I can't get you on to Jen's project, huh? No, we'd probably still do that. All right, good. I, I mean, we'll say, still I'm not take giving on. you a choice on yeah. that one. <laughs> we'll still take on some stuff, but it's, you know, even those are different than apartments. I'm you sure. Know, uh, you know, those some are, the last one we did was like, that was it. We're we're done with that. But so we're slowing down that way, and where I want to make it is where we're manageable, where maybe I've got some time then to spend doing more teaching and doing that kind of thing. And so I think I'll always be in the business. And especially as long as my dad's there, I'm, I'm going to be there. When he decides to just hang it up one day or whatever, we'll make some adjustments. But then, like you said, there's still, you know, 10 families, 10 or 15 families that we that rely on us. And my dad has always made it a point to help take care of those guys, who have, especially the guys who have stuck with us for so long. And so now I'm learning some of that too and we don't want to just tell all of them well we're done i know it's not funny there, there's you a know. good point to this kelly is it's you know this and, and you know we lost dad this year mm-hmm. in march and so yeah i'm and, sorry and and you know just superhero right my idol kind of like what your dad is mm-hmm. you know we butted heads at different times in life but dude's amazing mm-hmm. and it was I didn't know how that, because I mean, my mom and my dad have ran that sign print company for almost 28 years. And then dad spent 20 years prior to that, 25 years prior to that being a police chief, Mm -hmm. a police officer. So he had two careers, two paths. And my mom was an accountant at Edaberry Green and did accounting stuff. And then came on with my dad when he got out of the police and, and spent, and I was like, Hey, you know, what's this going to look like for you? And instability and a loss is the worst thing you can do. And so my parents had a fire in October of the previous year, didn't even get into their new house. My dad was in their, like, temporary housing. Like, I I never knew how hard it would be when you have a house fire. And it was a fluke deal. I've never seen anything that's crazy. And so going to that and then going into, hey, he was in that temporary home and then he was in the hospital. So my mom had so much change. 
She lost every yeah. possession she's ever had, and then she turned around and lost her, her husband for 48 years. Just shy of 48 years there, 47, just shy of 48 years. And my point being is, so I had to go back and look at it from two hats. One is the sun hat, but also as the thank God doing what I do is look at it like, how do we make sure that not only is she taken care of, but she said, and dad said the same thing. They have, I mean, they have some guys that's been with them for 20, 25 years. And it's yeah. like, how, how do you, you don't want to shut it down. Right? Yeah. You can't. You pretty much can't. You, like, you have that loyalty. They're almost as much as family mm -hmm. as what everybody else is. They, they've they been with you through thick and thin. What are you going to do? Walk in and say, hey, sorry about you. You know, yeah. go find another job. And mm -hmm. all of that time that that they've wasted not having that. So, I, you know, I sat down with mom multiple times. She's like, I, I just don't want to stop. And I'm going, okay, let's get a plan. Yeah. Let's figure it out. And let's go into it. And we went back and forth, back and forth. Some of it good, some of it bad. And going, and she is like, I mean, tenacity of that woman. I mean, she's a pit bull, right? And she's 66 years old. And she is running both sides of that thing now. Wow. And she's like hired a national sales guy that is, I mean, has an opportunity to get like a hundred signs for one of the biggest corporations in the country to do a hundred locations. And I'm, I'm going, Hey, you're rocking and rolling now. And then we have to look past this going, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Right. Cause it's just like anything else. You can only do what you can do and you got to make sure you don't unload, uh, overload the boat mm. and then life. Then you're not operating in that, you know, where life's fun, right? Yep. Where you're increased profitability, but the quality of life and increasing profitability is, you can't say one without the other. And if you do, then if you have just great quality of life, then, and you're not increasing your profitability, you'll go broke real quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you take a little too much time off. Yep. And then on the other side of that, if you don't, if you increase profitability and you don't physically take care of yourself, mentally take care of yourself, right? Spiritually take care of yourself, then what do you have? You have the guy that's rich, but he has nobody around him. Yep. Exactly. Does that make sense? And oh, he, yeah. He's hollow from the inside out. And so it's a very big dance that every mm. business owner has to take on. And it's pretty, pretty neat. And having this conversation with you is a lot easier because there's a great uh, Navy SEAL. Seal Team Six, dude. We was talking about I can do everything on the side of this deal, but you can't get me to go out into a pasture by myself and pray. It's like because it, it, it scared him so much. You, you can't be that vulnerable in Christ. Mm. And, and it, it he it was a great. We're gonna have to look that up and like tag this into that his his video in there. And I would say there's moments in life where I'm like, mm. it's the I am second thing where you just like ha have to humble yourself to know and have faith on things that you believe in that has not come. There's a great mm. scripture in this that, that I, I ask a lot of people, what is faith to you? And, and it's very hard to actually articulate what faith is. Well, you, you know why is because they don't know the verse, you know, there's faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God, right? It's right there. And you know, where we went to school, we, you know, we were brought up in that. And I think that's why it was easier for me is because I was brought up in it. And, but when it comes to that word, I believe it and it comes from spending time in it. And so the more I spent time in that thing, then it just, it grows from there. A hundred percent planting the seed mm -hmm. is, is really going into it. And the more you dive into it. And that's why I always, uh, we have a lot of conversations here at the office because we have a lot of different points of view. Um, and I always look at, Faith is always something that you just you believe is going to be true without the evidence to support it, mm. but you know yeah. it's true, right? Yep. And so, whenever you think through that to a certain degree, then you also have to think through the other side of that. What if I'm wrong? Yeah, and and that's the hard part where I think it scares people. Is like, hey, if you travel down a path and you can't humble yourself to say, hey, I could be wrong here, but this is what true faith is, and I'm going to take this leap, leap of, faith, of faith, 
then you're going to turn around and figure out that, hey, that's that that's what it is. Yep. But it, it's funny on a lot of that. That's why I always think, and I always brought it up because I'm like, hey, I know this guy that, you know, started a church and he's done so many things and how many people you impacted and, and the people that went through that thing that are better off today than they were yesterday. And they have some type of hope and they have some type mm-hmm. of faith, whether it's just a mustard seed or it's something way greater than that. But it's very, very difficult to understand unless you go through it. And I commend you greatly on the simple fact that you, you you've done that you've gone there and you, you're growing now you got family you got kids and you're you're trying to do the whole thing and i would say that's the hardest thing wait till you get there dude <sighs> having a 19 year old that is oh, a freshman man. in college now crazy <laughs> that is nuts you're that, that old i'm that young <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But having a 19 year old yeah. and going, man, I, I did what I did. And and the first one's the I would say the hardest one because you're so young and dumb and and tempers are, are my temper now compared to my temper at twenty three was a lot different than you know what I'm saying? It's got how bad did I screw this kid up? No, right? you didn't. She's she's top notch. So she's pretty amazing. I would tell you, like, <laughs> don't tell her that. She's been on this podcast with us before, but Kyle is a, she's absolutely amazing, and she has a great heart, and she's growing and learning and and doing mm-hmm. great things at schools. But on top of that, it just how do you? That is the I believe, and this is where society's wrong because society's removed, and we're getting into so many different. <laughs> deep deals. I love doing it because I don't, this is what I like about my podcast is, is being able to switch it. But I think the real testimony of people is they've removed the ability to, for shame inside of society. And I tell my kids today, there's one thing you got to understand. I don't want you to be perfect. I don't want you to be right. I don't want you to be wrong. I want you to strive for something and have faith in what you're, what you're doing in there, but you still carry my last name. And you carry my last name, you better have values, you better have morals, and you better try to make everybody around you better inside of there. Yeah. It's weird. Like, at the core of what faith to me is and what Jesus is, just be a servant. Yes. Isn't that crazy? It's If you break it down, that's my mindset, is to break it down like, dude, if I'm just serving other people, I think I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm 100% right or 1% right is trying the best I can to serve other people is I think that's what Christ wanted to do. I think that's what he did. Right. Yes. And and so that's the only thing I do It's and it's funny, the more people you serve and you do it at a level of like, I'm just going to serve you with no expectation of a return. Mm. Guess what happens? The return, the return. Right. And so it's funny how that works. It's a neat thing to me and you always have to, but you still, and this is where I think goals get in the way. I hate the word goals. Really? Yeah, I do. It's really hard. We just went through an annual plan. This is why I went on this thing, right? Annual plan is one of the greatest things. But the problem with planning, and this is my rant again, is it it, it only talks about the destination, not the journey. Mm. Right? So think about it. So if I'm sitting down or I'm working with a business owner, we're talking about we want to get to what? the goal yeah this is our goal this is where we want to be yeah we want to go right but they don't talk about the journey and so and i've met stupid wealthy people and they're like brandon i worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and i did this and i did this and i did this and and then i got to my goal and then i got depressed because i achieved what i wanted to achieve and i have nothing else to achieve after it and i look back on it going Mm. what now and i did this my second year in the business where there's a huge stature in our business when I was working for a huge warehouse. They called it Chairman's Cabinet, Chairman's Council. It's been a while. And I, I got it there in my second year. And really? it was the worst thing I've ever done in my career. Hmm. I was on the podium. I gave a huge speech. We did all these grants. I thanked everybody. And I was like, the high life. And that was on a Friday or Saturday when we were and hundreds of people there. You're doing the whole thing and you're you're enjoying it. And you worked all this time to hit this one goal. And then Monday morning came in and I walked into the the manager of that office and, and she was like, Okay, here you go. Here's here's the next thing you're doing. And I'm like, This is it? <laughs> this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to start all over again and this is it. So everything I tried to achieve to came to I was my, my internal clock was driven only by the destination of achieving that goal 
instead of the journey, the process of getting there. And now it's flipped, and I, I still, trust me, I'm, I'm a type A talk too much driver that you've ever seen, but it's changed the simple fact that I get more enjoyment in my next iteration is how many people that I can make successful around me. That's kind of a cool journey. Yeah. And it, it's fun. So I, I look at it a little bit differently than what I did earlier on in my career. And that's the two cents inside of there. But I would say the journey is put more weight on the journey than the actual goal. Well, and that's, you know, the, I've been thinking about stuff here, like that a lot here lately is because I get real bogged down into the deadlines. And, you know, even if it's just small goal of we're going to get this job done type of thing. Right. But then that the day we get that job done, it doesn't matter because guess what? Tomorrow we're either starting another one or we have four started at the same time, you know? So it's, you're just boom, 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 back to back to back, getting them done, getting them done, getting them done. And you missed all of the stuff in between. And that's where I've failed some guys. I think here lately is not bringing them along the day to day and it's lead them in that journey. You know, we're working hard. We're going to work hard. We're going to do these. We're going to do things right. We're going to do good quality work, but it's bring them along in that way. Instead, it's all about we got to get this done. And I get I get too narrow, you know, on that. And so it's like celebrating this, the small victories in yeah. the process is one thing. And also, if you're looking at it from the deals, as we have to celebrate minds milestones. And, and mm -hmm. the milestone of like doing a job and saying, hey, we're going to take a little bit of time off, whether it's going to lunch together here or doing stuff like that. But it's also just really saying, hey, hey, what did you enjoy off of this job that we haven't done before? And I, I think we, we I'm not great at this. We, we have what we call round robins in the morning. Then we have our deep dives. And, and part of our deep dives is, is just get gratitudes. And I'm so bad at this is we did it to the point where it was so consistent that it became a, a almost a forced thing of trying to come up with things that we're grateful for. And instead of a deal that, Hey, I'm actually grateful for this. Mm. And so writing down or reflecting on what you're grateful for is just a part of the journey process that I think everybody should do. And so having a journal that says, Hey, it's my gratitude journal. I don't do it often enough. So I don't want to come across that. Hey, I'm just so good at doing this. I'm not like, I'm always trying to work, but the gratitude journal, I think is one of the things that you get to reflect on things inside of your life that you're like, dude, this could be a lot worse on the heart darkest, darkest days. I had a day like this week. That was, I would say probably in the, in the top, I'd say top five worst days I've had in the business mm. that, that wasn't associated with a client death. I've had, I've had a dozen of the client death deals. Those days are, are absolutely the worst because you deal with somebody and you become extremely intimate with them and their family and trying to help them on their journey. That it becomes like you're, I mean, they're what we do. We, we really connect with people. We try to as best we can and losing somebody that, so set that aside. That's an exception, right? But I'm saying on the other side of that is when things don't go right and you can't control Mm. And it wasn't a market situation. It was a regulatory situation with with 401ks and things that we literally can't do that the clients want you to do. And you're like, I can't do that. And it just becomes so irate and you just got to take it. And you're just like, man, this sucks. And you've been there. I bet you've been there where you've got a job and a client is just reaming you up yep. one side and down the other and just laying into you going like, this is really not, and you just got to oh. let them vent. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those situations that I went through and it was a tough one for me because I had a lot of respect for him. Um, the, the, and, and, and we're good. Everything worked out fine. And we, we helped them out the best we could and, and it's nothing we could do. They, they just had to do it on their own. But my point being in the gratitude thing, mm -hmm came back and going, hey, that later that day we, we we took a break and we created like a a almost like a fake podcast of sports because that's one thing we get into. And we just kind of like hung it all out there for like a couple of hours and just hang around as a team and and say, hey, we're kind of grateful for each other and we get to express that and joke around and and we found out that Ryan is the greatest skeletor ever in existence. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm telling you, he's great at it, man. That's it's awesome. great. But anyways, but I digress. That's the thing with it. So Kelly, I appreciate it. I think that's a good start spot to st- yeah. stop on. Well, I did want to say one more okay, thing. Okay, great. You know, we were talking on that. Well, last we one. were I don't want we to were talking about you know we were at a section where we're talking about church there, and it is about serving people. And I think what the church is supposed to be is to serve and encourage people. That's what it's for. It's for us to help each other. And then, so that's, we get that from the Bible. We see that in Jesus, but that's what you're doing here. And it's a biblical principle of what you're doing is when you're serving people, not only just your clients, but also the people working with you every single day, that's what church is supposed to be. And you're doing that very same thing here. And so this ends up being a ministry, you know, that you have. Mm. With the people that you have here every day, because you're if you're impacting their lives, you're helping them and encourage them, and then you've got the clients that are coming in, and you can do the same thing with them. And what the whole thing is a ministry, and we've done that some in our business. You know, uh, well, I say some. My dad is really good at that, mm. and it, this is his ministry. And we still do these things at church. We still try to do what we can do there and serve in that place, but it's not just in one place on one day. It's every day you do this wherever you are. And so I think that's what's kind of cool about what y'all are doing here is it's, uh, it is truly a biblical principle of what you've got and what you're building. And I think anybody can do that. Oh, if, 100%. If you, if you do it, you know, I mean, you can do it. And we have prime examples of how to do that and just look at the way Jesus did it. Sure. And so you can not only build a church that way, you can also build a business that way. And I think you guys are doing it, man. I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, y'all are definitely doing it, but we're enjoying what we do, man. I, I, I love what we're doing. I think we could always get better at it, but I appreciate the compliment. I really do. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. We What we need to do is this is one thing is going back to that advisors thing is y'all are going to have to play with it with us as we go through mm-hmm. it because we're... we're the, the thing that I've always figured out is that it, you can build the best thing in our head because we're so technical and analysis and everything in finance. We're like, you know, there's doctorees, there's legalese. And so we didn't want to, you know, be under shun here. So we're going to go in there and create financialese. And so we can talk at such a level that doesn't resonate to the common business mm-hmm. owner. Yeah. And common is a horrible word right there. So it's the uncommon business owner that actually pursues what they're doing but you you have to scale that and and mm-hmm. i would say what we do in our practice is trying to figure and meet somebody where they're at and trying to just push them up a little bit higher so that sophistication the understanding minimizes risk gives them diversification helps them understand it. before we leave which I, my hiccup just <laughs> hit me right mid-sentence did you you got a pretty good real estate deal you've really you've gotten into real estate a little bit too I, I did. I'm out now. Really? I sold out. Did you sold out at the I, top of COVID? The high point. <laughs> you are the smartest man out there. Well, I you know, and I don't know if it was smart or not, but I was struggling. Uh, I was still cash flowing, still making money. Uh, I still believe. I love real estate. Uh, but I was really struggling managing it. And, you know, we got real busy growing at work. And so more and more time spent there. So I hired a management company and then I learned in real estate, if you're going to hire a management company, you've got to manage your the management, management company. company yeah. So if I'm doing that, I might as well just do it myself. And I'm a, you know, do it yourself type of guy anyway. And then, so I didn't have time and the, to manage the property, didn't have time to manage the property management company who, who you want them to do it for you. Uh, and so when prices went up it was like, it's time. I need to make a change here. So we sold everything we had. And uh, do you regret that? Do you like, I mean, did you come out ahead? Yes. So yeah. you feel like it was a good investment? Yeah, for I, I do. We definitely came out ahead, made money on every every single one of them. Um, and oh, what, what was I going to say? I, well, you asked me if I regret it. I don't necessarily regret. No, I'm talking about just regret, like being into real estate. Oh no, no. I, Would I, you go back into it again? Yes, and so I want to get back into it. I, now I know some things, 
And so I'm going to be very selective on what I do and where I do it. Oh, type you, of got, thing. you got to give us the keys to the kingdom. What do you so. know? That's the hidden secret. <laughs> Kelly, come on, help me out here. So what do that's, you know? That's, well, that's that's my secret. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll let you. That one that stays one. with me. No, yeah. no, I don't really, I don't really know a whole any secrets at all. But, uh, you know, if I never paint another rent house, I'll be happy in my life. So, oh, but, so you're diving into it to that level. Oh yeah, I mean that was, uh, you know, for so many years it was. Well, I did like a lot of guys do. I got out of college and went and bought a house, and so that was my first rent house. I bought it with that intention. Lived in there a year or two, rented it out, went and bought another one. Moved into that one, rented it out, bought another one. You know, and then I got into remodeling them. You know, buying the the dirty beat up, beat ones, up yeah. ones, remodel it while you're living there, and you can do that as a single guy too. I mean, it's just. Because I can live in one room. I don't need a whole big place. So you just move around rooms while you're remodeling. And so I did a lot of that. But then I think single-family homes, and I've heard some guys that say they don't do single-family homes. It's just too much of a hassle, too much of a pain. And I'm like, I can kind of see some of that. Because every every time someone moved out, uh, paint. I mean, one of my houses, it was probably paint this thick. I'm serious. It was like, okay, you got to go in there and paint it because it's just scratched, all messed up, uh, new flooring. I mean, there's one house. I don't know how many browns of carpet we put into it. And then a water heater goes out, floods the whole place. Now you're doing it again, you know. Mm. And so that kind of stuff, yeah, I'm not, I don't know that I want to get into that. Have you but looked at the, the commercial side? That's where I'd like to be. And honestly, what I'd lo- love to do is metal buildings. Because there's the upkeep is not that bad, you know. Basically, your roof and the doors. Uh, but of course, we're pretty flooded with that here in this town. I think. I don't but, know, man. There's need to have a conversation offline. Yeah, so. yeah, we can we can talk about that. But I think where we were, it was the time for us. It was good time to sell. Prices sell when they're high, buy when they're low. At that point, we're able to step back and regroup, type of thing. And our kids are young, and so that was another thing. It's like, man. I mean, I was having nightmares that I had a rent house that I forgot about that these people have been living in for rent free. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I own that house. You know, I've had those right. kind of dreams and now I don't have any of that. And so I'm like, uh, the headaches are gone. Yeah, uh, you're, you're outside your spectrum of what you enjoyed in that side of it. Yeah. So, so, so talk to me from a, from a finance side of it. So did, I mean, how did, how did you handle the taxes on that? Uh, I mean, it, all of them had mortgages. I guess what do you what do you mean? Well, you you sold at a profit, right? So you pay the capital gains tax and you just go down the road. You got to keep good records, obviously. If uh, you can, so you did the whole improvement side of it. So, so you kept your basis up. I expensed mm-hmm. pretty much everything. Mm. So where you know there might uh, I've heard of a lot. I've done I've done that on one property where the improvements that you did to the properties offset. Yeah, and so there's two sides of that that I always look at. So there's improvements and there's repair. And so when you look at repair, you get that direct deduction, right? Yes. When it's improvements, you don't get that direct deduction. And so you got to be real careful there because a lot of people are like, man, I'm doing all these improvements, putting in a new fence and redoing the roof. I had to go put in a new water heater, right? And it it wasn't a water heater could be construed as a repair. So you got to be careful on that, right? New paint, something like that. That was a, an improvement to the property. Then that gets that 27 and a half year deduction off of it. Is I'm not a CPA. I'm not trying to represent that. Yeah, right? you understand neither. what I'm saying. <laughs> but my point is, is there's a lot. Uh, there's different inside of there, and that's where single family comes into. And and we have a lot of single family over the years. And and Jen, being as awesome as she is, she manages and keeps up with all of ours. And we do okay with them. But I would tell you, it is a lot different. But there are stresses on the other side. So Jen's gotten a lot into the the commercial side. Mm-hmm. And so the commercial is the risk is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. The reward's a lot higher. Yep. But you could go six, nine months or a year without a property being occupied. And then you're owning. You, 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 so your capital outlay and your capital reserves have to be a lot higher. Yeah. It's easy to go fix a property, and I'm talking about here in West Texas, right? Right. Where properties go from 150 to 
$300,000 and you can put in 10, 20, $30,000 into a property, right? Mm-hmm. And you can get, get by with it. The mortgage, if you have to pay a couple of months worth of mortgage inside of there, if you got a 30 year conventional it might be 500 to a thousand bucks, right? Yeah. When it's a multi-million dollar commercial property, yeah. and we had one that was set for six months, seven months. I mean, we were out almost a hundred grand by the time that we paid the realtor fees and everything inside of there, but they got a 10 year lease. And so now, and the rent rates increase and everything goes into it. So, and it was one of those situations where it was, hey, we need to make a change because we were occupying a piece of the building. It was a very small piece. And then our core business doubled and tripled in size. And so we couldn't even stay there anymore because we're like, dude, we got to go find something that like can support the core business. Yeah. And it's funny on business owners, I I find this a lot and, and you running your side of the business is going... They have multiple streams of income, but they always rely on the core income to get them going. Their bread and butter. Got to have that cash flow that starts with your core business before you switch into your passive investments. And that's a a concept that a lot of guys are, you know, I, I sit down with a lot of business owners and they're like, you know, it's weird, Brandon. Like I, I was making money on this one, but this one's spinning off money. So I got into this and this and this and this. And these things are making me a whole lot of money. And now now it's just this compounding of stacking cash flow and it's all working out for them. But now they don't know what to do because it's like now I got a huge tax bill or then it's like, hey, if this thing goes down, well, it affects these other businesses too. So it's the risk parameters that you go into risk management on them gets crazy. But Ooh. man, that's it's a good story that I... Kelly on there and and selling at the high was a great taking advantage of a good opportunity kind of moment. It sounds like, but yeah, it was for us. I mean, everything, everybody's got a different spot, you know, that they're in different you know, phase of life or different things that they've got. And it just, it was going to work out better for us to just go ahead and sell out cash out type of thing. And then go on to your next look, venture. Yeah. And so, the, I mean, the, the house we're in now, I uh, bought it for, to be a rental. And so we still have that kind of already built in. If we ever move or, or, you know, do something, if we, unless we need to sell it, need the money or whatever, but that will be our next rental. And uh, then I'll repeat the process, you know, keep going keep going keep Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, what works and what doesn't, right? Yeah. You just don't want to paint (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Maybe I should just hire that out. I don't know. It sounds like you might need to on that one. If it's keeping you up at nights. Uh, (laughs) It's a tough one. Yeah. That's one thing I won't do ever again. I won't lay tile ever again and I won't paint ever again. I did that in my early twenties and (laughs) did my fair share of remodeling. And I, I, I would say I, I have nightmares about laying tile. Oh, really? I can't. I mean, I can do it, but I am such an anal. Ryan can attest to this, like lines <laughs> no, and making sure things are like not. perfect that I, I can't lay tile because it's never going to be perfect. And it's just that's not something I can wrap my head around without my OCD going off on me. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Kelly, I appreciate you coming yeah, here, man. Yeah, thank you. This was a blast as always. And yeah. love hearing your stories and getting to talk about everything that we talked about. So we got to have you on again and yes. have your dad next time. I'd yes. love to do that one more time because I think that conversation, I get to poke a little fun at, at Lynn a little bit and go, hey, how, how is this going to work out? Tell me a story about Kelly doing Kelly things. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's got a few. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see you next time. All right, sounds good. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, buddy.